Education today can be difficult and draining and amazing and fulfilling and so many things all wrapped into one. The dynamics of what we do can leave us needing every ounce of inspiration and motivation we can get. I've been a principal and educator for over 25 years, and I find my motivation and inspiration in many different places. As a principal, I often find it's my job to inspire and motivate and energize the team around me. I have to be the principal inspiration of my school, but what things inspire me as a principal? Welcome to Principal Inspiration, a podcast for educators. I'm your host, Rick Hunt, and these are my thoughts about the people and the stories, anecdotes, observations, and conversations that are my principal inspiration on any given day. My sincere hope in sharing is that you might be inspired as well. I hope this podcast leaves you feeling energized, challenged, and ready to go be awesome. Our students deserve nothing less. So there's just something about this time of year. I mean, the lights the music, everything about it. I am a Christmas freak, no doubt. I enjoy just about everything about it. I can't think of anything that I don't, well, I take that back. The bills after, probably don't enjoy much, but leading up to Christmas, this time of year, the holidays are awesome. Absolutely. Love them. I think that Christmas traditions in a school are, are important. Do you have Christmas traditions? I imagine you do. Uh, I had several growing up. Uh, we would put out a little Christmas tree in our bedrooms. So when we go to, uh, when we were decorating the house, we'd set these little trees up. And they're only about a foot and a half tall, had a few lights on them, a couple of little goofy Christmas ornaments. Sometimes some of the things you made at school that mom didn't want to put on the real tree, you know, you'd hang those on your tree in your room because that's where they should go. And But we plug that in and we'd have a little tree in our bedroom. And Santa would leave a small gift under that tree for us to open up when we woke up Christmas morning. Now, here's the genius. Santa put those there to deflect us from then going out and looking at everything under the big tree and waking up mom and dad so they got to sleep in a little bit more. Mom and dad were well rested by the time we had gotten kind of active with our little gift that was under our tree. We let them sleep. Santa's a genius. I mean, he knew how to help mom and mom and dad gift a, a little gift of extra sleep. I'm telling you, Christmas tradition number one, you need to put it on your list. So that was one. Two, stockings. Having the stockings hung up along the, chin, uh, along the mantelpiece, the stockings were always something just special for us. And there wasn't a whole lot in there, but there was always little trinkets, lots of candy, and it was something we opened after all the other gifts were open. Now, my own family, because I grew up with these different, cutting down Christmas trees, we'd go cut down our tree. That was something that I, I remember the farm. I remember the smell of the tree. I remember my dad cutting the tree down, the hot cocoa that my mom made. And I, I took some of these to my family. And so my three girls and I, my wife, and, and we have these, these traditions. Now, my wife is a tradition nut. She likes to start some, some, some hold on and some, some fade away. We've got all kinds of different things we've tried, but there are some that have stuck. One, we give an ornament every Christmas Eve to the girls. And those ornaments we've been saving over time so that then we can give those to our girls when they get their first home and have their first Christmas tree. We give PJs. I think a lot of people do this on Christmas Eve. You get a new set of PJs. We exchange. Uh, There for a while, we would go to Goodwill. 
and buy the ugliest t-shirt you could find as a part of the TJ. PJ, so you buy nice PJ bottoms, and then you would buy this ugly t-shirt, just the, the crappiest, nastiest thing you could find at Goodwill, and you'd bring that home with whatever goofy logo on it, and then we would put them on Facebook and compete and see who who uh, who the, the audience believed was the best, or worst in that case. We had uh, monkey bread. Now, if you don't know what monkey bread is, I feel sorry for you. But monkey bread is Pillsbury biscuits. You get the Pillsbury canned biscuits, you know, the popping fresh dough biscuits. You pop the can open. Now, I personally use four cans, and I cut the cans up, and you roll those, quarter them. I like them a little smaller. I like my monkey bread pieces a little tinier. I, I tend to cut them like into eighths. And you roll each of those little pieces in some cinnamon and sugar mix. You put them in the pan. And then you take a stick, stick and a half of butter, maybe a cup or more. I like dark brown sugar. You melt the butter, you stir in, you make a, a little bit of a caramel sauce. You pour that over top of that, that biscuit dough with the cinnamon and sugar. You pop that in the oven. Monkey bread. If you have not had monkey bread, you have got to try it. This is an every Christmas morning tradition for the hunts. We eat monkey bread. We, I'm a tradition nut. I absolutely love it. And here at school, recently, um, I'm in a new school, but there are some traditions that have been here before me, and I'm so excited about those that we wanted to carry them on. This year, it had to look a little different because we couldn't have large groups of people gather. We had to change things up, so we did what uh, they've had Winterfest for years. Winterfest is certain grade levels singing, uh, Christmas carols, uh, parents and, and everyone coming in, Santa and Mrs. Claus are here. We have a uh, library. We, we set up a book fair. Just some really cool things for the kids to enjoy and for the families to enjoy at Christmas time. So we had to put that online, so we did a virtual, which was a lot of fun. We're trying to build some traditions. Now, not just Christmas traditions. We're also looking at things that will help our students kind of get excited about the next year. If you think about school way back and you kind of think about the things that you enjoyed, if you think about the things that stick out, I am sure there are some pretty big moments in school. Well, it could be bad moments. It could be really good moments. Maybe a field trip you took. Maybe an experiment you did in class. Maybe just an incredible teacher who just brought to life all the learning. There are different peak moments in your academic career. Peak moments are those things that stand out. See, not all moments in life are equal. We have our ups and our downs, and typically those ups and the really the really big ups and the really big downs stand out, but that, that kind of mundane stuff in the middle aren't there. Traditions tend to, because one, they're a pattern, they kind of come around annually, or they, they come around you know every so often, and those types of things become a part of our pattern, but they also can be very peak moment type things. They are things that we look forward to, we get excited for, and then it's there, and it stands out in our mind. I think there's some important factors to that for all of our school experience. We want kids to get excited about being here. If they're not excited about coming to school, if they're not excited about learning, if they're not excited about being a part of what uh, the program, having some investment, knowing that their work's going to pay off in some way, you know, we can tell the kids all the time we want. You're going to need that later in life. That is not pan out for 
especially elementary kids, even high school kids. Like, when am I going to use calculus if I'm not going to go into a career field that would require me to use calculus? When am I going to use uh, any of this? these texts that we've read, these stories? How am I going to make those connect to my life? Well, if you can create some moments, some peak moments, moments in time that stand out, that help kids connect their learning. There's a book, and, and that book is by Chip and Dan Heath, and the book is called The Power of Moments. And that book really helps you understand how the psychology behind these these snapshots. They're, they tell a story of, um, it's called The Magic Castle, I think. It's a hotel, and this hotel is one of the highest-rated hotels in Los Angeles. This is a place where people really want to go. And this thing is not the Four Seasons. It is really, to be honest, it probably would rate a little bit lower as far as the amenities that are available, but they do some fun things. They have a telephone next to the pool. Telephone is the Popsicle hotline. You pick up the phone, they'll say Popsicle hotline, you tell them what flavor popsicle you want and they bring out to the pool that flavor on a silver tray. Uh, You know, the butler with the white gloves delivers that Popsicle. They talk about Disney. Thinking about the idea that you go to Disney, and if you think about after the trip back to, you don't remember standing in line. You don't remember, uh, you know, getting the the twenty two dollar burrito. You know, all these things that would make the trip seem like you'd rather stay home and sit on your couch. But what you find out is what stands out for you are typically peak moments, those exciting rides. Maybe when you your daughter or your son got to meet Mickey Mouse. There are moments in that trip. And those things, <clears throat> those things are there for us. They, we hold on to them. They're the moments that we remember the most. You've got them for school. You can think back. You can think back about different things that happened, different things that stand out. And for students, knowing that there are some traditions that will bring peak moments can be pretty exciting. So, for example... Uh, we are trying to put together here at Rockport, we're trying to put together uh, some pathway peak experiences that students will be excited for year to year. And then we want to advertise those back out to the other students. Our fourth grade recently dissected hearts, fourth graders dissecting pig hearts as a capstone to a unit that they had been doing with literature. And that was talking about hearts. And then the other portion of that was talking like legitimate hearts. And the other portion was talking about the, the kind of idea that characters can have a big heart. And those two themes ran through all of the stories they looked at and they studied in literature. They, they then dissected a heart to close that out. We want to create some peak moments. We want to do some things that then other grades will look forward to. So we're going to do that again next year. We're going to try to create some field trips and some other experiences that students look for. They've had a tradition of going to a local uh, cave system here in third grade. That's been the third grade trip for years. That's a tradition. Students look forward to that. If we can create those things here at the elementary, maybe the middle school, high school, if we can begin to build those types of things that students look forward to, they're going to be more likely to stay in school if they're excited about what's coming next and they feel connected to the program, if they feel like their work then can be uh, lead to something, that heart, that, that was a culmination to a unit of study. So the students could be excited about all that they were learning would have something that they could utilize that knowledge around. 
in the power of moments, they talk about a uh, couple of teachers who really wanted to make school more like sports. Think about it. If you were to go as an athlete and practice, 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 if you practiced all the time and then never got to do anything with that, eventually I'd get kind of old. I mean, you might look at it as a workout and there might be some payoff in that regard, but really athletes like to compete. Most of us who were athletes, I was a football player. I didn't like practice. I hated practice. I'll be quite honest with you. If I could get out of practice, I probably would have done so in any moment. I hated it, but I loved to play the game. There was very few things I enjoyed more than going out and knocking heads with guys and just just playing football on a Friday or Saturday. Those those were awesome, but the practice I didn't like. If there had not been games, I don't think I'd have stayed in football very long. So these teachers in the book, they wanted to get their students excited around literature. And so they would take characters, and then the students would have to then go to court and defend that character. Defend or prosecute that character based on whether or not their actions were, you know, good or bad, or or they would mix it up. And so this was a way to capstone a long literature unit, and they tied it together. They did, uh, you know, they studied the court system. They they did some civics. They did. Other, it was all in, in integrated between these teachers, and the kids then were doing all this work leading up to the character they would play and the role they would have in this actual court. And then we'd bring in alumni and teachers and community members and upper administration, and they would be the judge and the jury, and they would determine which team won that court case. Pretty cool. Kids got excited for it. It became a tradition, something that everybody looked forward to each and every year. That peak moment stands out. Kids are excited to come back for my sophomore year because I get to go do this cool thing, right? Do you have moments, do you have traditions in your school that create those peak moments that kids can look forward to, that they know when I reach a certain age or you know, kind of help build that? You probably have those in different ways. Start to talk about them and, and elevate those a little bit. If you know there's a field trip that your team, make sure the younger kids know about it. If there's a field trip that every year that your team does, let the younger kids know. Share the pictures on your morning news or whatever it is that you might do. Make sure that you celebrate your traditions. I mean, it's a tradition kind of time of year. This is when so many traditions stand out for us. Find a few. Get those rolling at your school. And I tell you what, it changes a lot. And it makes the school feel more exciting. It connects the kids and make it feel like more, more like home. This becomes a place where students want to come. And that's important because if they want to come, then we can do the hard work around all the other, those peak moments help us get through that drudgery and monotony of all the other practice that we've got to do each and every day. Nobody likes to come and do, well, there might be a few that like to come and do math facts. Most kids don't. Most kids don't like their spelling list, right? They don't want to write the words and practice it. Some kids do. Odd, but there are kids out there that do. But most kids don't. And that practice, all those other things that we have to do, those peak moments help us get through all of that so that our students can be awesome and be all the best they can be. So to be awesome, go find some traditions for your kids. They don't deserve anything less. <laughs>